0: Hi and welcome to Dynamics Update. This time it's a regular episode. We had a special episode last time, but this time we are going to attack 10.0.17. And as usual, I have Gustav with me. Hello, Gustav. Hello, Johan. Nice to be here as well. Yeah, hope you're fine today. I'm very fine and you are as well, I hope. Yes, and something that is not as usual is that we actually have a, a, a third person today. Tobias, you have to uh, introduce yourself.
1: Of course. Hi, everyone. My name is Tobias Long and I'm the CTO at Engage Group. And I'm very glad to be here today.
0: You're very welcome. And we we are looking forward to to having your expertise outside of the, uh, the tech sphere.
2: Exactly. Welcome to the pod and welcome to Engage, I want to say as well.
0: Thank you very much. Yes, and as usually, we will be uh, we will be going through what is new in 10.0.17. Uh, we will be trying to uh, uh, have a short discussion on on the items and and to try to understand how that really will affect you guys who are listening as well. So. Uh, let, we, we will let our guests start today, I think. Tobias, which one is your favorite <laughs> feature?
1: My favorite one? Uh, okay, uh, I'm going to start with one uh, which is called landed cost. Um, it might not be the sexiest new feature, but uh, at least I think it's a very valuable one. Uh, at least I have had these kind of discussions with clients probably during the last 10 years about landed cost and what, what capabilities uh, that uh, has not been available in standard. Uh, so I was actually very glad to see that finally better landed cost capability has been introduced in, in uh, Dynamics. And this feature was actually public preview in February and general available in, in uh, .17. The April release. And basically what this feature allows is to uh, set up allocation rules which can calculate an item cost uh, in an automated way, which kind of provides a a, a visibility across your uh, uh, supply chain where cost or fees can be allocated throughout the different uh, stages of of an item. It's really cool. Yeah, and like I said, it might not be the the utilizing the the newest sexiest features in terms of <laughs> any like power platform capabilities and stuff like that. But it's a I, I would argue it's a very uh it's a feature that has been uh, requested uh, for a very long time so i think that's a bit cool and i'm a bit i really like these core capabilities uh, which i know provides uh, added value so um that's my first one
2: yeah i completely
1: agree i think um speaking to friends who do not work
2: in dynamics this is kind of a nerdy podcast to be honest <laughs> it's very <laughs> it's very niche but landed cost i actually noted that one down as well it's um' I agree. It's been. Uh, it's always part of the discussion because you have to go through how, how to set up misc charges. How do you track freight? Is it both to the inventory value? Is it a charge? How do you track it? So, it's um, it's nice to see that this this large topic has actually become a module in itself. So, I'm also looking forward to to um, seeing how that translates to reality. But uh, I share your opinion. It's uh, <laughs> it doesn't sound that sexy or
0: fun, but it, it is very valuable in reality. Yeah. Yes. So Gustav, uh, your top one.
2: Yes. All right. So this is well, n- no real um, in. Well, uh, no real priority here. I just noted the ones down. But one of the larger things I think uh, I want to mention, and I think you might want to fit in as well, is the B two B e commerce thing. Um, thing. It's uh, part of the new commerce platform. It's really. Uh, it's part of the whole uh, store for well, Storefront. The whole uh, commerce solution where you can. Um, set up a B2B commerce portal, B2B commerce platform really, to handle sales to your uh, B2B customers. And the reason I mention it is because in part it's a real, it's a cool new feature because um, most of the larger scale customers uh, already run Uh, separate e-commerce solutions such as like Intershop, magenta or any other platform you don't normally use the uh, well internal um, commerce platform uh, depending on size but b2b always usually comes like in second place because you set it up for your customer at least from my experience you set it up for your well end customers and then like b2b comes uh, separate you kind of build a separate portal for it in your own e-commerce platform but this new capability for me is quite interesting because then you can actually spin it up without having to build something custom uh, within a external e-commerce platform you can use well dynamics uh, platform to do it you still to be fully aware here the disclaimer is you need to be aware of all the templates you need to build etc but it's basically a b2b portal which connects directly to um to dynamics or um, or dynamics commerce so it's i need to test this to be honest for myself before i can give a full review on on the capabilities but i think it's very interesting and it's a very nice uh, it adds business value because this whole b2b um, communication usually means that you have to either build something of your own, you can do it in power platform, of course, you can do it in your own e-commerce platform, there are a number of ways to do it. But I I think this is quite interesting, because it connects directly to dynamics, and you're able to, to use standard functionality to build uh, something that works, you don't have to have fancy UI normally, or a very very high performing um, like front end to handle B two B customers. You have to have a functional front end that allows you to see your orders, um, view prices, uh, work with all of the different functionality within Dynamics. But it doesn't have to be super fancy. So
1: I'm looking forward to to testing this. Mm. And also to add to your comp uh, to to add to your comments, uh, I would argue it also adds a number of very handy new features, uh, which I know is has really been requested by, by uh, B2B players. I mean, such as order templates and quick order entry capabilities. You can quick put in your orders and also very basic features such as on-account payment method to pay by invoice, for example. Um, uh, so I think this will be... Um, be be really interesting to see how this is being um, received by by the B2B players and especially the ones that are already running maybe Dynamics 365 finance and supply chain and um, um, the the steps to also start using these uh, commerce capabilities. uh, Now that they have these out of the box capabilities, um, I think this would be actually quite interesting to see.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I agree. And I think uh, in, in the end, it kind of takes away some pressure from the <laughs> accounts receivable department by mm. um, making it a, uh, well able to automate some of these uh, customer communications so they can do it on their own, which has previously been a lot of focus on like a vendor collaboration portal. So the whole customer story there from a B2B perspective has kind of been not neglected, but not um, not prioritized. But So it's interesting to see that it's it's there now. So, Johan, your turn.
0: Mine is actually a re- rerun and a reminder of two different things that we have been discussing in the previous episode, actually. So so the one is a reminder that we also uh, took down in the last episode that uh, Visual Studio uh, 2015 is going away and Visual Studio 2017 is, is uh, coming back. But I had an incident this um, couple of weeks that actually reminded me of of another thing that is also going away, and that is the Microsoft-hosted Tier 1 VMs. And these two in combination is actually a bit tricky because I tried to remove our build machine. (laughs) What happened was that it totally disappeared. There wasn't even an option to put it back again. So I was a bit confused because like, okay, I need to I need to remove it to reinstall it to get Visual Studio twenty seventeen because otherwise it won't work with the updated pipeline, which is also an important part that you don't only have to Uh, switch out your build machine to 2017. You also have to update your build pipeline in Azure DevOps to use Visual Studio 2017. Uh, I will add some links to the show notes where, where it actually describes in an article how to do this. But the problem was that when I removed the build environment the slot in LCS actually just disappeared. So there was no option to set it up again, which means that you have to set it up either as a hosted build pipeline, which is possible nowadays, or you have to set it up as a cloud hosted environment. But you still need to do it. So it was a bit uh, uh, confusing, but I just needed to clear it up so that if if you guys end up with the same uh, issue, you know how to fix it. Very nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So uh we're back to Tobias again. Uh
1: yes. Uh finally. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. My next topic is around the planning optimization uh service so um some of you have probably heard that this is, this is not a completely new uh, capability, it was in fact released uh, last year, uh, but Microsoft has continuously added more and more capabilities. Uh, some of those capabilities has been around uh, in the old MRP uh, engine for quite some time, uh, but hasn't been released yet for the planning planning optimization. But... Now, for the .17 release, they are adding a few more very handy features Um, and uh, for those of you who not know what the planning optimization engine is, it's actually the new add-on microservice to generate the MRP calculation in Dynamics. So it's a completely out-of-the-box capability, but it's utilizing uh, an external microservice. And um, I've seen benchmark figures comparing the old MRP and the new planning optimization engine, and it's, in fact, pretty amazing. I mean, it goes from, could be examples where an MRP calculation has been running for several hours previously, and it's now down to minutes. And also that it doesn't, impact the transactional database in Dynamics when you do this calculation, which means you can simulate throughout the day without, without having to, to worry about impact of the business. Uh, so they are introducing a, a few new capabilities around the planning optimization, and the first one of those is coverage time fence support. Uh, that basically means that you can define a, a, a coverage interval uh, where you define uh, dates uh, which the planning optimization engine should take into consideration when running the the calculations. So you can, for example, exclude demand very long into the future, which might seem like a small thing, but it's actually quite a big thing when, when you're utilizing this. You don't want to get a lot of planned orders for demand that is very much into the future no that's really cool taking lead time into account i mean well lead time or delivery dates into account in this case right yeah uh, exactly and and it's also a new feature around the planning optimization called purchase requisition support for planning optimization which means that purchase requisitions created by employees you can in fact use the planning optimization engine to generate Purchase order for these demands, uh, so kind of automating a fairly manual process, which I also think is pretty cool. So, um, um, and I know um, this this planning optimization um, optimization engine is is in fact going to replace the old uh, MRP engine during the da- during the year. So that feature is going to be deprecated, but uh, still uh, there has been a few. F- critical features missing, uh, which has meant that certain customers, specifically around manufacturing uh, industry has, has still uh, had to go for the old MRP calculation. Yeah, exactly. That was my next one. Okay. Good stuff. Yeah, um, exactly. We're working in the same order here. Um, I
2: have a quite uh, heavy retail focus today, um, because well, I just thought it was the most interesting t- topics to be honest. Um, and this next one is quite small, to be honest. It's um, but it's it's very uh, important as well. It's. Uh, Incremental capture, basically, um, with the uh, payment, well, payment authorization. Previously, when, when you, you work with payment capture within Dynamics um, with the commerce platform, um, you usually have some kind of external uh, system, either the MPoS or CPoS or e-commerce, um, well, reserving the amount. You're basically um, well, reserving it on, on placing the order. And then when you ship the order, if you are able to fully fulfill it or um, if you short pick it, then you capture the amount. And from a reasonable perspective, you either fully deliver or you short pick and then you just capture the amount that you, that you actually ship. Um, this is a small little tweak, uh, but now you're able to previously when you had um, partial deliveries, you were able to ship uh, the first part this week, the next part next week. You had to fully kind of complete the transaction and then create a new one. Which kind of creates that you you capture or you reserve a certain amount and then you capture half of that. And then you have to create a new reservation of the remaining amount. And then you capture that again when you fulfill the delivery. Uh, this sounds like a really, really easy thing to do, but it's, uh, it's quite complicated. And now uh, the system supports partial capture um, using the same payment authorization. And that sounds like a very nice little thing. I think most of the e-commerce platforms do that today, but it just goes to show how much um, Microsoft is really investing into the e-commerce platform to kind of, I was going to say catch up, but (laughs) to build these features, which um, simplifies uh, payment processing, really, um, and also minimizing the amount of transactions and customer experience because you see the same reservation is still there. And you're able to keep it, so it's a small little thing. But for me, it's quite um, it's quite nice.
0: So I I would like to add add a question here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so I know I know that we have been talking about the commerce feature before, and 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 also we've mentioned that it has has histor- historically been a bit uh, be, behind the <laughs> the competition, if if we say so. But it would be it would be really nice to. To see uh, what will happen going forward. Because uh, I I usually discuss this with customers. That there are features which are not best of breed. But which in conjunction with the fact that it's integrated directly into the product they're already using. In such a a, a good way. They will actually at some point actually tip the scale. To get this, uh, this feature the 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 better hand, so to speak. Even though it's not the best feature, it's not in every single way better than the competition. But the fact that it's integrated is actually making the the sum of the
1: parts better together. Now, uh, I just want to comment. I mean, I, I completely agree what you're saying, Johan. Here, and I think also, I mean, comparing feature against feature, I mean, commerce might not be the uh, best-of-breed solution but I mean I also see that having a strong end-to-end capability and really providing like this unified commerce capability the seamless experience across channels and also visibility all the way down the supply chain I mean of course you can build that with an uh, uh, external best-of-breed e-commerce platform and then integrating with ERP system but I mean it's pretty amazing to see what what you really get out of the box with this solution, uh, really without having to Develop a single line of code, and I think that's really um, uh, that's really valuable.
2: Um. Exactly, and it, it it is exactly that. I mean, in all of these discussions, usually um, uh, people are comparing like an e-commerce um, full-blown uh, e-com platform to Dynamics, which is not fair because Dynamics is not an e-commerce platform. Dynamics is an ERP system, so it's built to to be able to handle these processes, uh, as you say, to be as you normally. Usually before you had to, f- the, the whole customer service part was oriented around uh, e-commerce platform. So you had one team working with customer service towards the e-commerce channel and one uh, customer service team working towards the like physical stores, uh, brick and mortar stores. The whole point with this platform, the whole solution is to, to, like you say, Unified Commerce, Omnichannel, the same, well, Unified is the more modern name of it. And uh, so we we build like interfaces, adapters to to enable the integration of processes rather than having Dynamics as a full-blown e-commerce platform. We all know that didn't work out that well with SharePoint. (laughs) but uh, And uh, I think that Microsoft learned that as well. But um, uh, if you don't need the full-blown like uh, high volume, you can still work with the commerce parts. And I think that's a very nice feature to have. But if you need full-blown, you still uh, can integrate using full-blown unified commerce with a retail server or cloud-scale unit, etc. And using uh, this functionality to um, just connect to existing functionalities within the e-commerce platforms. So I don't think they they compete, to be honest. I think they just complete each other, hopefully.
0: Yes. Yeah, so my next one is uh, also an oldie but goldie. Uh, It's uh, the new grid Surprise, surprise. Um, so, the, the new grid has been uh, in play for a long time. Uh, what I uh, understood uh, during the last month or so is that there are still some items which are not really uh, general available. Uh, the grid is general available, but there are some features, especially when it comes to testing with RSAT, which are not uh, completely fixed. So, you should definitely still test it. But what I'm really going to t- talk about is that there is a new feature coming with the new grid, which is something called freeze columns. You know how you can, in Excel, put columns to the left and, and freeze them so they don't scroll when you scroll the entire spreadsheet. You can nu- now do the same things in the in the grid, in-, in the list view in Dynamics, which means that if you have a, a-, a form with a lot of columns and you have three or four columns that you are always mostly interested in, that you would like to keep to the left, then you can order them to the left and you can then lock them there and keep them there. So even though you scroll to the right, they will still stay firmly to the left. So that's that's a good one. Otherwise, it, either it's it's a bit it's a mm. bit hard you you get lost
1: sometime in mm. the in the grid view if it's if it's big enough so but i think from a usability perspective i mean this is really nice features and uh, excel lovers is really going to enjoy these new capabilities as well because they are kind of used in the way of, yeah, of uh, navigate <laughs> Previous conspiracy theory that um, uh,
2: dynamics would, would become Excel when it came to the grid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I'm not sure about that one. but It's the most used ERP system, isn't it? So, <laughs> so do we know when, when the new grid will become the one and only grid? Um, I mean, when it's automatically activated?
0: No, I, I haven't heard anything about the deprecation of the old grid. And, and as I said, there are still some some tiny issues with it and it's still being developed. So but I don't have any doubt at all but that eventually Microsoft will tell us that that the old grid is no longer being developed, so you shouldn't use it. From a pure maintenance perspective, that makes
2: sense. <laughs> they don't want to maintain two separate grids. so one gr- one grid to rule them all, but
0: we don't know when. Exactly. and, and I mean the, the old one is old and tested, so I, I don't disagree with that, but there are some issues with it. Especially if you, like me, uh, in some cases weren't used to working with an ERP system and you all of a sudden, it just freezes, waits a couple of seconds and Mm. then loads Mm. 200 more lines and you're like, Mm. okay, so what just happened here? (laughs) Is it broken? (laughs) No, it's it's by design. It's yeah. it, it's always worked that way.
2: And that for me is like the biggest improvement in the new grid.
0: The other ones that I
2: I I haven't tested it now for for a little while. Uh, but the last time I tested it was uh, kind of not when when you scroll that the columns weren't really keeping up. But that whole um, the feature with not having to to um uh, fetch the data every time you scroll i think that's a very nice kernel feature that they implement yeah.
1: and i would say th- that would probably be the single most annoying thing for me i mean looking at the old grid when you if, if i have a, a list of 5000 records and i put my scroller in the middle of that list i mean i kind of expect to get to record <laughs> exactly. 2500 but that doesn't happen with the old grid. <laughs> I have no idea where I end up, and yeah, <laughs> that, that's really annoying. And that I, that made me really glad that they have kind of figured that out and uh, come up with the solution. So <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, it's just a leftover from the old Xapta solution. I think that they just oh yeah. Okay, yeah, it's working as it is. Let's the, it's it's lower down in the backlog. <laughs> we'll take it when we get there. Yeah, yeah. it's a nice feature. Yeah. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so I can, I can actually 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 add a tiny uh, one as well. Uh, my next one, uh, mm. since we are just discussing the the grid, and that is that that uh, before uh, the grid has been working. Yeah, uh, we, we have discussed that it it it's uh, rebuilt in React, and it's been working with React fifteen. And one tiny thing that Microsoft has done now is that they have upgraded it to React seventeen. Which is just a, a version skip in in, uh, in the JavaScript code. So uh, uh, no biggie uh, might still need to be tested, but uh, it's not a big thing, <laughs> I think. I, t- I tried to figure out what was new between 15 and 17, but I couldn't really find anything. So I'm probably not the, the, the person that should understand what the difference is anyway. So, uh, all right,
1: so back to you, Tobias. Yes, uh, so my next area is around product information management um, and it's actually a new feature area called engineering change management and it's it's actually based on a purchase that Microsoft did last year. Uh, in fact, they, they, purchase, they purchased an ISV solution called product engineering from To Increase. And we have now seen throughout the last couple of uh, versions that they introduce new capabilities coming from that ISV purchase. Um, and it's especially around uh, product information management and also how you manage engineering products. And here it's a couple of handy new features that that is uh, being introduced. Um, First of all, possibility to enable change management on existing products. Um, We have other additional new features such as as product readiness checks, uh, where you can uh, define more advanced rules to determine if a product is actually ready for sales. This features is still in a public preview, but it's coming later uh, throughout wave one. And probably the biggest, biggest new capability, I would say, from this release that is also part of wave one, but it's actually now being introduced um, as as a public preview, is the capability to share product information across legal entities, uh, which basically means that you could finally define your master legal entity and then configure rules to synchronize these products across other legal entities um, so uh, something that has been requested for a long time and finally provides some kind of mechanism to manage master data management from a product and Boom perspective, I would say. So, unfortunately, it's not GA in in dot seventeen uh, version, but these new capabilities is capabilities is is being being introduced uh, from from this release, mm-hmm. I would say.
2: That's very nice. Specifically, the product readiness one. I think I feel there's a lot of um, a lot of uh, effort going into that. Is this product ready to be sold from a retail perspective, or to be bought exactly? Do do we have trade agreements? All of those nowadays mostly customized checks or manual checks to be honest Uh, it's very nice to see that it's been extended from not just from production um parts but also to like regular release products from from a merch operations perspective it's nice to see and i mean
1: since since dynamics is moving up in the food chain i mean it's it's bigger organizations that is implementing dynamics and typically they have a lot of legal entities and it's gets quite cumbersome or complex if you have a a a department that develops the product and then you want to release it to all legal entities in a fairly automated way Uh, um, i mean it it requires add-on solution or extensive customizations i would say and now we soon will get quite good capabilities around this area which i know will benefit a lot of customers so
2: uh, right, I think it's my turn. Then you want <laughs> to yes, jump ahead? Yes, of course. I'll, I'll take two at the same time because now we're, we are um, three people. We need to, to still kind of maintain the timing here from for this podcast so it doesn't ro- run on for too long. Um, and it's, uh, again, surprise, surprise, retail-oriented. Um, and it's also some of the capabilities. One uh, one of them is the small parcel shipping. It's uh, really not that complicated, but, again, it highlights the, the, what I said before, that the whole point with running Dynamics with uh, with e-commerce or commerce or pools is that you don't only get it as a pools platform. You have the WMS capabilities. You have the full supply chain management capabilities, in the, within the same platform within the same system so this is really uh, what it is is basically a, a feature to be able to track um, I, I think it's intended for e-commerce or smaller shipments where you can configure and connect to a number of suppliers in Sweden this is very normal you when you go to an e-commerce platform you're able to select a number of um, last mile providers the ones who bring it to you uh to your door um either in the morning or in the night they uh, you have home delivery so this feature is built to kind of track that from the container in dynamics which is not a container it's just a small parcel but it's tracked with uh, within the inventory transactions and you're able to connect to that supplier and you get the rate, and that rate is then added as a misc charge directly to the sales order. So you get this kind of automated tracking of the that specific charge, because normally you pay <clears throat> differently depending on on each provider. So it's it's a nice feature to kind of uh, connect to the well, normal operations of today's e-commerce, specifically now where you see e-commerce really booming with the home deliveries. So it's a nice little small feature, but it's very, I think it will be very nice to have in, in all um, e-commerce operations for commerce. Um, and the other one I have is kind of in the same nature. It's the email. It's also like a very easy to miss uh, email receipt improvements new features. Um, I remember back I mean back in the day normally whenever you specifically for B2B it's been like okay we want to send an email whenever we ship this order and okay print management very nice <laughs> you get this very boring like standardized pdf you, you can't really type anything anything out <laughs> but so you have these these nice little features or third party services popping up around where you can build more customer oriented emails where you okay you, oh, hi nice to see you again last time you bought this etc so it's a nice feature they implemented now where you can, well, you can configure different receipt types, you can associate them, you can really um, uh, more detailed and define the customer receipt template. So you don't have to specifically use a third party provider to do that unless you really want to. So it's again... Um, a nice feature within the, the standard platform that you can use, which will fulfill one scenario. But yeah, if you need to, and then you can also extend it to trigger emails to, to uh, well, separate providers. So um, I think it's quite nice from a retail perspective that you have this capability now to to be more um, well uh, customer oriented in your <laughs> communication to the customer.
0: Yes. All right. So my next one is also not a, a big one. This one has to do with export to Excel. Uh, There has been, uh, prior to Platform Update 22, there was a limit on maximum 10,000 records to export to Excel. Uh, In Update 22, this was removed. So the problem there is that since Open in Excel and export to Excel uses OData, you might actually end up in, in having performance issues, thanks to the fact that you have removed the maximum 10,000 record limit. So what uh, Microsoft has done now is that in 10.0.16, they've actually added the option to limit the number of batch record that can be published into Dynamics. Hmm. Uh, And and you can actually set it based on your own requirements. Uh, So not too high, not too low, just find the sweet spot for what you need. That's
1: it. So 1 million records. Is that okay? <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's try it out. <laughs> yep. Great. So my final uh, one uh, my final one is the inventory visibility add-in. Uh, I know it has been uh, discussed uh, during this pod previously, but I, I, I thought it was important to mention again because it's now actually being generally available with the uh, April release. Uh, uh, So for those of you that have not heard about it, it's actually an independent microservice, uh, highly scalable uh, service, which could provide real-time visibility uh, to cross-channel inventory positions, basically. And uh, I mean, of course, you have been able to build these kind of capabilities previously, but it has been also quite complex and required uh, a number of services. So I'm um, I'm really glad that this is being like packaged as a single add-on and uh, it's going to be really interesting to, to try it out. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a
2: very cool service. And like you say, Tobias, it's been built all around before, but it, it's a bit cumbersome because you either have to go directly to the tables within Dynamics or AX. Uh, or build something something else with um, exports where where you don't get actual real-time visibility into the inventory so i think i also i agree this is very cool and it's a nice segue over to my last item as well which is the uh, (laughs) well it's the cloud scale unit um, supply chain management add-in which uh, because it doesn't really say I, i don't know about this i haven't tested the inventory visibility i don't know if it's part of the Cloud scale unit, uh, because it says it's an independent microservice, that might mean it's a it's a separate API, but it's run off the cloud scale unit. I am not not sure if it's a specific deployment needed here, but uh, I would imagine it's part of either the backend solution, uh, like an Azure service that you can connect to, or it's it's part of the cloud scale unit. Uh, supply chain management add-in uh, i would imagine and that cloud scale unit add-in is m- built to because cloud scale units have been there for mainly commerce for quite some time and it's either for geographical purposes you might have different sites with, where you need to have them deployed to different um, different regions but it's also uh, to take away um, strain of the regular back end of dynamics basically you have a for commerce, you have the channel database, etc. For supply chain management, this is uh, a way to kind of put uh, some of the more intense operations closer to your actual physical vicinity. So, um, not quite sure yet what this means in in ways of maintenance uh, or well um how it's deployed so we'll need to test that and get back to you but uh i think it's nice to see that you can you don't only have the commerce option for the cloud scale unit you can also connect your warehouse apps to a closer geographical data center if you need Uh, but also i think it's even if you have the same data center it makes sense to kind of go towards a cloud scale unit to um to be able to scale performance as well you don't necessarily have to be in a different region for it it's just a nice Um, architecture feature i would say
0: yes my my final one uh, is is my final one and a small comment Uh, attaching to what uh, gustav said regarding um, warehouse uh, there will actually be a brand new warehouse app not uh, an updated one a brand new Uh, the problem is that i don't really know exactly how this will pan out because i just un- knew it today and i haven't had a chance to test it or verify it or look at it so uh, that will be have to be a teaser for for the next episode where i can i can uh, review it or something like that uh, but i would also like to to uh, um, comment on one thing that we mentioned in our 10.0.16 episode that we did we we didn't really understand why we had a, a maximum session length on on users. Uh, I understood this this uh, a couple of weeks ago because one of one of our environments had a user that logged on in May <laughs> and hadn't been logged out since May. So I I totally understand why there is a forced maximum session length on users because apparently they are not so good at logging themselves out. So I think that's good. I I couldn't understand it then, but I do understand it now. Mm -hmm. So with that, I think we are basically finished for today. Uh, I would like to thank uh, Tobias for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great. And as usually, I would also like to thank Gustav for being back again. <laughs> thank you, everyone. And uh, with that, we, we will be back at least with a 10.0.18 episode. But I think we will also be able to make a couple of more episodes in between. Stay safe. So, thank you. Bye-bye. Yeah,
1: stay safe. Bye-bye.